The History Channel Original Podcast. In the world of baseball, the Oakland A's could be on their way to Las Vegas. The MLB franchise has played in Oakland since 1965 and won four World Series in the Bay. But just like the Raiders, they'll likely call Sin City home in the near future. A major reason the A's are leaving Oakland, no public money to renovate their old stadium. And fans are furious. You may have heard about them loudly protesting at games this season. Sell the team. It's a lot like the story we're talking about today. How Seattle lost its NBA franchise. The Seattle Supersonics. In the early 2000s, the Supersonics are bleeding money. The owner blames his home stadium, Key Arena, for being too small and too expensive due to a not-so-great lease. So this owner wants a new building. And when he doesn't get it, he doesn't just sell the Sonics, but sells to out-of-towners. We love these teams. They are rooted in our culture. They are rooted in our cities. But no team is safe. Fans are desperate to keep their longtime franchise in Seattle. And there are many opportunities to keep the team around. So why doesn't it happen? And today, can Seattle become home to a new NBA franchise? Sports history this week. July 18th, 2006. The Seattle Supersonics and their fans are sold out. I'm Kaylin Jones. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Supersonics are legendary. In 1967, they become the first professional sports team in Seattle. By 1978, they bring home the city's first major league sports title. Three, two, one. Let the celebration begin in Seattle. It is over. The Sonics have been home to stars like Paul Silas, Lenny Wilkins, and Gary Payton. They're a Seattle institution. When people think Seattle, they think of the Supersonics, popping up in the TV drama ER, pro wrestling, and obviously in the sitcom Frasier, which takes place in Seattle. As Dr. Crane. It'll be a pleasure to be around one man who's not obsessed with sports. Hello, Daphne. Hello. Oh, the Sonic's wrong. Excuse me. Lauren Biglow Sandretsky is a Seattle Supersonics superfan. He owned Sonic season tickets for 18 years. A lot of people say Seattle is coffee and tech. No, Seattle is basketball. I mean, it really is. I sat in the second row behind the basket and made many a friend in the NBA. That second row of the Sonics' home court would have been a loud place to sit. 
Key Arena is the smallest stadium in the league. So when you're in the stands, it feels like you're on top of each other. God, they just blew the roof off that place. When you walk into the Key Arena back in the days, you just sensed pride, you sensed power. And Good you... energy. It looked cool too, like, cause even if you look at the pictures, like of the, um, the hardwood and then you got the Sonics oh, logo yeah. in the middle, like, man, the lime green and the dark green, like the colors and stuff that you would see inside, <laughs> man. It's an iconic building. The four paneled sloped roof looks kind of like unfolded origami. It's centrally located in Seattle, next to a park and the Space Needle itself. But not everyone loves Key Arena. In 2001, Starbucks chairman Howard Schultz buys the Sonics. He's a huge fan of the team, often sitting courtside screaming along with other fans. But he's also a businessman. And quickly after buying the team, he sees a problem with his home stadium. As we mentioned, it's small with thousands of fewer seats than other NBA stadiums. That's a problem for him. Plus, Key Arena is super expensive to pay for and has fewer ways of making money than other stadiums. Chris Daniels is a longtime Seattle reporter and guest host of the podcast Iconic Sonics. It's really about having the space to have restaurants and bars so you can sell $15 beers and $25 hamburgers. <laughs> Nowadays, the NBA has a lot more ways of making money. Streaming, digital content, sports betting. But in the early 2000s, the NBA relies on merchandising, food sales, and tickets to clubs and suites to generate revenue. Key Arena didn't have that. It didn't have all the fancy clubs you know, you know, think about when you go to an NBA arena. It didn't have the ancillary development outside because it is in a public park. By 2004, Howard Schultz has lost tens of millions of dollars on the team. He's struggling to keep up with the cost of paying high-end players. He assures the press he's not looking to sell the team, but fans are hearing things. Luckily, Schultz has a solution. Other NBA teams are getting shiny new stadiums. Why not him? Howard Schultz said, hey, I need a new arena too. To do that, he'll need money from the state government. That's how stadiums are generally paid for, with lawmakers hoping they'll boost the economy. So, Howard Schultz goes to the state and asks for money, either to renovate Key Arena or to build a new stadium. He's hoping new digs could help stabilize the Sonics, maybe even turn a profit, and then thrive for years to come. It's February 23rd, 2006. Howard Schultz sits down to testify at the State House in the Capitol, Olympia. His ask? More than $200 million for a new Sonics arena. One that could include a new restaurant, hundreds more seats, even a car rental. But Schultz could go another, more drastic route. He said publicly he's willing to sell the team. If money doesn't come through, that just becomes even more likely. We are on a collision course with time, and we have no alternative on a go-forward basis if we can't solve the problem in front of us. NBA Commissioner David Stern is in the room, too. Like Schultz, he hates Key Arena, calling it one of the worst stadiums in the league. Now, he tells the legislature the NBA is also willing to move the team. 
After all, many other cities are interested. So it's either upgrade Key Arena or else. Here's the problem. For all the hate Key Arena gets, it's actually pretty new. Back in 1995, just over a decade ago, then-Seattle Supersonics owner Barry Ackerley had worked with the city to renovate the previous arena, Chris Daniels. Key Arena was the solution between city leaders and between Barry Ackerley at the time to try and find a most cost-effective way that still uses city facilities. So they, they dug down, added seats, added a couple of clubs, added suites, but it was still the same building for the most part. It cost the city more than $70 million. Soon afterwards, both the Mariners and Seahawks got new facilities too, costing the taxpayers of Seattle hundreds of millions more. And now the Sonics are asking for money again? The public had just gone through six years of new buildings and public money. The timing was just not right. There are many things the public wants funded. Things other than more sports arenas. Think education, transportation projects, healthcare. Folks in the city were fatigued by these billionaire owners asking for public money. The House Speaker tells the press, quote, We've got all sorts of other business to do which in my opinion is more important. The Sonics bill to help pay for the arena, it doesn't even reach the legislative floor. There will be no public money for a stadium. The question now, will Schultz stick to his threat of moving the team or will he try to wait it out? July 18th, 2006. It's been five months since Howard Schultz and David Stern sat in front of the state legislature. And Schultz calls a press conference. He's decided the more drastic route is necessary after all. Howard Schultz is selling the team. It is really impossible to communicate how difficult this decision has been for us to make. Schultz says he's tried hard for years to work with state and local officials to find a solution. But with no new arena money, he thinks new ownership is best for the team. In fact, Schultz has already found a buyer for the Sonics and the WNBA franchise Seattle Storm. He'll sell to an investment group. Led by Clay Bennett on my left, chairman of Dorchester Capital, located in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Oklahoma City. Schultz says he tried hard to find a local buyer, but it didn't happen. So he sells to an out-of-state buyer for a net profit of $58.2 million. The face of new ownership, Clay Bennett, a stocky guy with a buzz cut and a southern accent. The first question, is he going to take the team away from Seattle? He tells the media, quote, It is our desire to have the Sonics and the Storm continue their existence in the greater Seattle area. There were people who said, hey, I'm going to take this guy at his word. I'm going to go lobby for him. Chris Daniel says there are reasons for Sonics fans to be hopeful. We're kind of frustrated with Howard Schultz. He whined and wanted a bunch of money, public money. Here's this new guy, new perspective, puts the city and the state on the clock. Perhaps that'll make something happen. 
Plus, the Sonics have a binding lease with Key Arena through the next four years, until 2010. So Bennett can't pull them out immediately. He even commits to a one-year window where he'll try to secure funding for a new arena. If it didn't happen within that one-year good-faith effort period, then he would consider moving. There are reasons to believe Bennett might want out. He's from Oklahoma City, or OKC, a city known for desperately wanting an NBA team. It would provide an immediate economic boost and elevate the city's national profile. Earlier that year, Bennett led the charge to host the New Orleans Hornets in OKC for two seasons after Hurricane Katrina. It goes so well, Stern now has the city at the top of his list for expansion. Bennett even told the press a few months ago, quote, We are 100% committed to finding a team for this city in the long term. This city being Oklahoma City. February 13, 2007. It's been six months since Clay Bennett became the new face of Sonic's ownership. In that time, he's come up with a proposal for a brand new Sonics arena in Seattle. He shows up at the Washington State Legislature with plans for an ultra-modern stadium. Wraparound windows, a huge curved roof, suites, restaurants, maybe even a nightclub. The proposed building would be twice the size of Key Arena. And it would cost $500 million, with most coming from taxpayers. And it would be located not in Seattle, but a suburb outside called Renton. When Bennett, you know, suggests the Renton idea, <laughs> how did the government respond? And then how did the fans feel about that idea? Everyone was insulted by it. This is Adam Brown, producer of the film Sonicscape. Everyone knew it was not a real arena proposal. They were doing the bare minimum, go through the motions, fulfill the side letter agreement, good faith effort to keep the team in Seattle. Chris Daniels. It looked like, here's the pie in the sky effort <laughs> I'm going to just throw out there to make this good faith effort. If they buy it, they buy it. If not, I've got my plan B, which is to go back to Oklahoma City. Bennett puts this arena proposal to the state government. It's a seemingly good faith effort. And the state, once again, says no. It's June 28, 2007. Just a few months since Bennett's arena request. With the second pick in the 2007 NBA draft, the Seattle Supersonics select Kevin Durant from the University of Texas. The curveball was Kevin Durant getting drafted <laughs> by the Sonics. All of a sudden, there's this new interest. Scouts call Kevin Durant a franchise player who can make an immediate impact, a guy who can score from any spot on the floor. Franchise legend Slick Watts knows this is big. He tells Durant, I think you will save the Sonics. I think you will help keep them in Seattle. Ahead of the 2007-2008 season when the Sonics draft Kevin Durant, and at the time, I mean, you still have Ray Allen on the roster. Was there any sense amongst the fan base that, okay, maybe if this team is good, similar to what the Mariners had, we can convince this guy to stay here. We can retain our team here in our, our town. Going into that season, nobody thought it was possible that the team would move. 
I mean, this is one of the, even at that time, one of the top 15 markets in the country. I think there was still hope that with a team on a lease for a couple more years with Kevin Durant involved with a, a lot of youthful energy that, you know, this was going to be a team that was going to be here at least through 2010. Before the 2007 season even starts, though, Clay Bennett has an announcement. He has formally asked the NBA to relocate the Sonics to Oklahoma City. Here's Adam Brown's read on the announcement. We didn't get our free public funded arena, so now it's time to pack our bags and move. To get out of town, Bennett also offers Seattle compensation in order to break the team's lease with Key Arena, the one that's not up until 2010. But the city of Seattle doesn't want compensation. They file a lawsuit to hold Bennett and the Sonics to their lease. With all this going on in the background, a new NBA season is about to start. Sonics fans hope for a good year. Maybe that could show lawmakers what the city would be losing. When a team is good, they're going to find political support and will to get public money. We actually spoke with someone who played for the Supersonics during this season. My name is Damian Wilkins. That was my first team that I played on um, as a rookie, so it was four years. He says there's a lot of energy going into this 2007-2008 season. Drafting KD was a heck of a splash that we made. It was, you know, Jeff Green also in that draft. It gave us a buzz. It gave us a following. It gave people a lot to cheer for and look forward to. But when Durant's rookie season starts, the players and the fans start to feel like the owners are actually rooting against them. Film producer Adam Brown. They drafted Kevin Durant and immediately in the same draft traded away Ray Allen and Richard Lewis. They did little subtle things. They were withholding players from doing radio interviews and press interviews. Chris Daniels. They were trying to decrease interest in the fan base to make it easier and make it cleaner to get out of the city and get to Oklahoma City. Hmm. But Sonics fans aren't going down without a fight. At regular season games, they hold up signs saying, Trade Bennett, our town, our team. An organization called Save Our Sonics lobbies lawmakers to keep the team in Seattle, even if it means paying for a fancy new arena with tax dollars. Sonics player Damian Wilkins says the team could feel the support. You can see the reset button being hit. Now we're pulling the plug. I think that resonated a lot with the city and made people upset. But the league is set to vote on whether to approve the Sonics move in April of 2008. In just a few years, the Supersonics have gone from being a competitive team, a cultural touchstone, home to Gary Payton, to being one foot out the door. But then out of nowhere, a ray of hope. Someone with deep pockets comes along who wants to keep the team in Seattle. It's a long shot, but it's better than nothing. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's March 2008. Next month The NBA is set to vote on moving the SuperSonics to Oklahoma, and then out of nowhere, the CEO of Microsoft, Steve Ballmer, emerges on the scene with a plan. Steve Ballmer got together with the now owner of the Mariners and the then CEO of Costco and one other person, and said, "Hey, if we can keep this team here, we'll build a new arena at the Key Arena site and we'll make it NBA quality." Ballmer offers to contribute $150 million to help build a new stadium on two conditions: one, that he can buy the team, and two, that Washington State kicks in $75 million. The mayor of Seattle, Greg Nichols, calls the announcement a game changer. If lawmakers will just authorize the deal, Seattle has a shot to keep the Sonics around. That was the hail mary. That was the hey there. There's a building that can be built here if the Sonics stay in Seattle. Days after Ballmer's offer, hundreds of fans dressed in green and yellow flood the Olympia State House. Save our Sonics! Save our Sonics! Lawmakers are unmoved. Just like that, Ballmer's offer is dead. Big Low Sandretsky. Sonic season ticket holder was at the arena on April 13th, 2008, for a game that fans know could be the very last Sonics home game ever. It was against the Dallas Mavericks, right? So, what what was that like? What do you remember about that last game in Key? I remember every bit about it. You know, it, it uh, man, what a bittersweet night that was. Save our Sonics! That chant blew the roof off that place. It was so loud in there. Reminded me of like playoff games. Kevin Durant walks around the middle of the court, clapping along. We all knew, we all knew. You know, our team's going to be gone. This is it. Just a few days later, NBA Commissioner David Stern is ready to announce the result of the league's vote. He takes the podium at the St. Regis Hotel in New York City to break the news. The Board of Governors has voted to move them to Oklahoma City. The Sonics are moving out of Seattle, but there's still one chance to stop it. Remember, the Sonics are stuck in a lease at Key Arena. And back in September, 
the city of Seattle had filed a lawsuit to enforce it. Days after the NBA's announcement that the Sonics are cleared to move to Oklahoma City, Seattle Mayor Greg Nichols says, that lease agreement is still in place. And the city plans to use that lease to try to keep the Sonics at home and playing in key arena. The thought process with that court case was that the city was going to keep the Bennett group to the terms of their lease. And that part of the strategy here was if the city wins that case, they buy two more years to work out a deal. And who knows? Maybe Bennett's side gets frustrated with the time and financial costs. And sell the team or try to find a local buyer. It's June 16th, 2008, opening day in the court case pitting the city of Seattle against the Bennett-owned Supersonics. The advocacy group Save Our Sonics has organized a massive rally outside the courthouse. Fans carry huge Sonics flags, hold up green and yellow balloons, waiting for Clay Bennett to leave the courthouse. Hey, Clay! No way! Hey, Clay! No way! The city of Seattle demands the Sonics honor the final two years of their lease agreement. Bennett's side argues they shouldn't have to wait for a whole host of reasons. That the relationship with Seattle and its team is broken. That the team does not have a significant financial or cultural impact. Plus, one legal expert does say it's tough for a landlord to force a tenant to wait out the full term of a lease. Bennett's attorney was great in terms of carving up the city leaders and getting Nichols and others to admit the Sonics didn't have a huge cultural impact in the city. Nichols, as in Greg Nichols, the mayor of Seattle. Bennett's side threw him off his game. But still, people are expecting the city to come out on top. After all, Bennett is breaking a lease, a legally binding contract. All indications were that Seattle was going to win that court case and enforce the final two years to give ourselves two more years to figure out the stadium situation. The decision is left to Judge Marsha Peckman. It came down to hours before Marsha Peckman was going to make her ruling on whether to keep the team in Seattle. And Greg Nichols called a press conference. Today I am announcing a settlement with Mr. Bennett and the Professional Basketball Club. July 2nd, 2008, when they settled. I will remember the day. Turns out, Seattle Mayor Greg Nichols has a price. $75 million. That's the cash settlement between the city and Bennett's side to end the case and allow the Sonics to leave for Oklahoma City. We'll never know who the judge would have sided with. Ultimately, the city sold out. You know, the mayor and the city council at that time got scared. Scared of Bennett's side winning and getting no buyout from the lease or revenue from the team sticking around. Chris Daniels still believes if the city doesn't settle with Clay Bennett, the Sonics could still be here today. Because if Bennett is held to the lease... That buys a couple more years. That buys time for Clay Bennett and local leaders to come up with a financing plan. And maybe we have a different story. Kevin Durant, Jeff Green, and the rest of the team, they'll have to pack their bags because they play in OKC now. Damian Wilkins. I remember thinking, like, 
what the hell is in Oklahoma City? <laughs> like, I just remember saying, like, I'm not going to OKC. <laughs> but it isn't up to Wilkins or the other players or Sonics fans. Just four months after the settlement, the Sonics opened the 2008 NBA season by taking the court at their new home, Oklahoma City's Ford Center. The team even got a new name, the Oklahoma City Thunder. As part of the settlement, Bennett's group agreed not to use the name Supersonics in case the city ever gets a new team. Players stand on the sidelines wearing white with blue and orange accents. It was strange to just be putting on different colors and essentially playing for the same organization, just in a different city. Before the game begins, NBA League Commissioner David Stern is on the court saying how happy he is to be here. The mayor of Oklahoma City speaks as well. And at this time, I think it'd be appropriate that we give a show of appreciation for all of the hard work going into this endeavor by Clay Bennett. The first ever Thunder home game begins. Off the opening tip, Thunder basketball, and oh, by the way, neighbor, welcome to the NBA. Here we are, let's get it going. It didn't feel like I was playing a real home game. It felt like I was playing on a neutral floor. Like, man, like, you still felt like a Sonic. The loss of the Supersonics. Adam Brown says it rips the heart out of Seattle fans. I think that first year that the team left, everyone was so bitter. Everyone was so just full of this toxic energy of the whole process, let down, depressed. The city was robbed of a cultural jewel. And so you may not even care about sports, but you want to fill that hole in a community. Oklahoma City doesn't just get the Sonics, they get the history too. OKC can claim Sonics records, statistics, championships as their own. Big Low Sandretsky. Childhood memories, it's teen memories, it's adult memories, and it's still painful. Is there anyone ultimately at fault? Like, is there a singular entity or person that you can blame for the team leaving, or was it? You can't just blame one person for this because there's so many, so many people involved in it. Adam Brown agrees. It would turn into like a three-hour screaming discussion in a bar with all these different factors. (laughs) Oh, no, remember, it was the governor. Oh, no, remember, it was the mayor and the council and, you know, Clay Bennett and David Stern and Howard Schultz. Nowadays... Seattle fans still have hope that an NBA team will return. The league is in position to expand, and the commissioner has called Seattle a great market. It's not only a fast-growing city that's already top 20 in population, it's also the eighth-largest economy in the United States. Plus, the city has actually renovated Key Arena, now called Climate Pledge Arena. The NBA has even announced there will be a preseason game held there ahead of the 2023-24 season. Big names in Seattle are calling for a new squad, too, like Macklemore. Now I'm up in meetings and you better believe me now that we got the arena, the Sonic's making a comeback. Damian Wilkins says he's in on the NBA, bringing a team back to the city of Seattle. They deserve it. 
the fans deserve it. The community of Seattle, you know, Wash, state of Washington deserves it. Chris Daniels. There are going to be parades in the street just at the announcement of an expansion franchise. But when that team actually plays, you're going to think it was game one of the NBA Finals. <laughs> it's going to be a big deal when, when the team comes back. Thanks for listening to Sports History This Week. For moments throughout history that are also worth watching, check your local TV listings to find out what's on the History Channel today. Other notable sports stories that happened this week? 1941. Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak comes to an end. 1984. Legendary Olympic swimmer Dana Torres gets her third of six world records. If you want to get in touch, feel free to email us at sportspod at history.com or leave us a voicemail at 212-351-0410. Special thanks to our guest, Adam Brown, producer of the Webby Award-winning film Sonicsgate. Chris Daniels, longtime Seattle reporter and host of the podcast Iconic Sonics, who also helped us reach out the guests. Iconic Sonics celebrates the history of the team by speaking with Sonics legends and others affiliated with the squad. Thank you as well to Lauren Biglow Sandretsky, Sonic superfan, and Damian Wilkins, former Seattle Supersonic. This episode was produced by Cooper McKim, story edited by Julia Press and me, Kaylin Jones, and sound designed by Isaac Lee. Sports History This Week is also produced by David Ingber. Our associate producers are Emma Fredericks, Hazel May, and Jonah Buchanan. Our senior producer is Ben Dickstein. Our supervising producer is McKamey Lynn. And our executive producer is Jesse Katz. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Sports History This Week wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Copyright 2023 A&E Television Networks, LLC. All rights reserved.